Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. And yes, it is, I think the last episode, it was like the 12th or 13th of December. It has been a while. Busy with work, as you know, as the holidays are upon us, the Christmas holidays are upon us. And uh, working in the uh, retail business, as I can say, you know how busy busy we can get in the retail business. For those who uh, work in the retail business, they know what I'm, certainly know what I'm talking about. Um, it is in the afternoon. I do have a day off today. I have to work tomorrow. And actually, I have Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off. So that will be something to certainly to sit back and enjoy and have time. Uh, if I don't get a chance, uh, I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas. Uh, we will probably do another podcast way before, another episode way before then. So I won't say Happy New Year just yet. Because the New Year is, the New Year, as you say, is certainly a, not too far off as 2022 will come to an end. I certainly hope that 2022 is good to you and your family and your friends. And as we look forward to 2023, and I'm sure there's some NFL teams are looking forward to 2023. Some people, some teams are certainly are probably wishing that the football season would come to an end and rebuild and reload for next season. Uh, for my fantasy football fans, I'm sure this is a playoff time. Some, some leagues, I don't know how some of your leagues go. Uh, this could be a Super Bowl week for you. Depends on how your league, like I said, depends on how your league goes. Uh, for those who have gotten to the playoffs, congratulations. For those who reach the Super Bowl, the best of luck to you. And hope you get your championship. Um, again, for those who have joined me, joined me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing the show. Invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat. You know, your fellow co-worker, a neighbor, uh, fellow, I don't care, a random person on the street, please give them come on in. As again, I will apologize. I don't get a chance to really do as many episodes as I'd like to do. But today is one of those days, like I said, I have a day off. It is a, a gloomy, rainy, and cold day here, here where I'm at. Certainly in some in some of the Midwest um, states right now, they're kind of going through a pretty bad winter storm. Uh, lots and lots of snow that hit the ground. Uh, I know one game that could be could have some impact. I believe is the um, the Buffalo Bills and Chicago Bears. I believe the word on the street is that there's going to be a uh, lot of snow on the ground and very gusty winds. So I know certainly I'm sure that's something that if you're a fantasy football fan, you would certainly take a you know taking a a close eye on, especially if you're a Josh Allen fan, because it is their Josh as tall as throwing the football with gusty winds. I don't know how. Big the wind. I think the winds will be anywhere from twenty to thirty miles an hour. I might be wrong on that. Again, that could affect the way Josh Allen throws the football. He may decide to run the football. This is a day where Devin Singletary steps up. Uh, yes, you still got Stephon Diggs for Chicago. There's Justin Fields. Can Justin Justin Fields? He's used to playing in in Ohio weather. In Ohio weather can get can get a little cold from time to time. Of course, that's a Midwest state, Ohio. So. Justin's probably used to it a little bit, and again, Josh Allen's used to it. Wyoming has been known to have some have some uh, some nice uh, some major snowfalls at, at times and cold conditions up in Wyoming where he played his college football. So Josh Houston's brother, Justin Fields, will be his brother. Maybe this is a David Montgomery type of game that, that he could step up. You know, Buffalo Bills defense is pretty solid, but again, maybe a David Montgomery game. Uh, I think uh, Herbert could be a backup to Montgomery. I believe there's a rumor going around that he could be activated. Don't know. Certainly look into that. But again, then again, 
is one of those low scoring games where you're going to have to get. But then again, maybe a Tyler could be a Tyler Bass like like game because of the uh, because of the bad weather. But then again, with the windy conditions, yeah, can you actually trust a kicker with the windy conditions? But again, these are things to keep in mind, and of course, certainly keep an eye out. There's a lot of football games played on Christmas Eve. There are some games played on Christmas Day, and there is a game on Monday night. I believe it's the Cardinals and the Buccaneers are Monday night. So certainly, um, if you've got players in that game and you're in the championship game or in the playoff, certainly you could have guys in reserve that could help you put you over the top for a you know for a advance of the Super Bowl or a championship win or. Super Bowl win, whatever the case, whatever the case might be. Uh, for those, like I said, who have been who have joined me from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, your dog, your cat, you know, <laughs> fellow co-workers, uh, neighbors, random person on the street, whomever you invite, please invite them on in. As I said before, and I'll say it again, I'll do the best I can to get these you know, episodes out to you, all this information. I'm probably going to be behind a little bit on this information, but I want to do the best I can to try to catch up as much as I can for for you. There is certain subjects we'll touch up on. If you don't touch up on it now, I will try my very best to do an episode maybe later on this evening to catch up some more. But again, maybe if we get lucky, I might try to put one out on Christmas Eve for you. I know, like I said, there's games on Christmas Eve, I believe, like, so please look at your... Please look if you got you know if you got guys. There's a lot of people that have got a lot of players going if you're in fantasy football league going, especially on Saturday. I know the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys is a very interesting game. And for those who have not already heard, Jalen Hurts will be out for this week. Garden Minshew, Minshew Mania will be playing will making his debut for the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe for this week as Jalen Hurts is him and Patrick Mahomes are like the top two. MVP league candidates right now. Uh, it hurts right now. If Mahomes, they're playing against the Seattle Seahawks, I believe that is a Saturday, a Saturday game. Of course, you got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, the usual suspects there. Um, Juju uh, had a good game last week. Maybe he's a guy you keep an eye on. Certainly, I mean, you know, the, the running game seems to be gotten a little bit better for the Chiefs here lately. Uh, maybe a Jarek McKinnon, a guy that you need to keep your eyes on. But he's got what four touchdowns the last couple of weeks. Maybe he's a guy that you need to be certainly keep an eye on. You could be you could benefit you know, your fantasy team. And then as far as Seattle, Geo Smith, he's had a very productive year this year. Could want him a new contract for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Kenny Walker. Of course, you still got uh, DK DK Metcalf. Uh, Tyler Lockett is going to be out this week. So Marcus Goodwin. If, there, if there's a sleeper pick, maybe he's your sleeper pick. He would become the number two receiver. But then again, that could put more that could put more pressure on the tight ends, the Seattle Seahawks tight ends. At times, they they you know they uh, surprise you. Uh, Noah Fant might be a guy that you might look at and go deep, deep. Maybe in a pinch, you need a tight end in a pinch. Maybe he's a guy that you need to go look at for this week. Uh, again, like I said before, there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, Saturday game, certainly keep an eye out for the Cincinnati Bengals, New England Patriots. That's another game that intrigues, intrigues me a little bit. But again, again, we'll keep, um, certainly need to keep your eyes out, out eyes out uh, for any, you know, future references of weather conditions. 
like I said, there's a lot of conditions. Chicago Buffalo game. I think the Cleveland Browns. They've got a, uh, a snow a snow coming their way. That could be a a, a Nick Chubb like game if you've got him. Maybe a Nick Chubb like game. Now Nick Chubb he's had a foot injury, but he is expected to play for the Cleveland Browns. And I believe that's a Saturday game as well. So certainly keep an eye out on that. Uh, enough, uh, I guess, enough fancy football talk. Enough of that. Let's let's jump into let's jump into some subject. Let's jump into one team in particular. And in the words of Jim Moore, many years ago, he said, "Let's talk about the Detroit Lions and playoffs." Well, it's funny thing, but you have to mention about it. the Detroit Lions. I believe have a five hundred record. They are seven and seven. And who would have thought we'd talk about the Detroit Lions in the playoffs? Now, again, again, it, with all these, all this coaching, the coaching they've done, you know, the uh, Giants, the Jets, they played very well this year, and certainly their coaches deserve, they deserve possibly the coach of the year. But what about the job that Dan Campbell's done? I mean, he's got this team at 500. An outside shot now. Detroit's not in the playoffs. They have it now. They're right now on the outside, kind of looking in. They have to get past the the Giants to have a spot. As far as wild card spot goes, Dallas is obviously super lock, no matter how you look at it. Um, I mean, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay right now is leading their division with a losing record. I mean, if you think about it, Detroit Lions had a better record than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Maybe, 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 even though even though it's by maybe a game or so, but hey, they've got a winning record. And think about it, they've got a better record than the Green Bay Packers. And Detroit, they have they have they have pulled out some upsets this year. They've beaten the Minnesota Vikings, one of the hotter teams in the NFL at one point in time. I mean, actually, Minnesota they looked pretty bad this past week against the Colts, but all of a sudden, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings turned on the afterburners and. You look and look what they did. So, Detroit is like I said. They played. They they played some close games. They beat some teams that you didn't think they would beat, and they didn't win their games and gotten blown out at. But Detroit, the thing about Detroit is, I mean, Dan Campbell certainly deserves a some votes for the coach of the year for the for the fine job that him and Brad and Brad Holmes have done with Detroit Lions. Now, the offensive side of the ball, the Detroit have the Detroit Lions have have done a three sixty. I mean, Jared Goff, let's be honest with you. The Rams didn't want Jared Goff. They kicked him out of town. And they they, they flipped off to their draft picks and Matthew Strafford to land Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff struggled last year to the point where Dan Campbell didn't think that Jared Goff was the answer quarterback. You go from last year to this year where Jared Goff, uh, where now the Detroit Lions are not even thinking about taking a, a quarterback in this year's draft. I mean, which is there is a an average draft class. I'm not gonna say it's the greatest draft class, quarterback draft class. CJ, you know, CJ Stroud's there, Bryce Young is there, or you know, two that are mentioned as a top three quarterback. There's others, uh, Richardson from Florida, what is it, Davis from uh, Kentucky. Names are on top of the list already. But now they're talking about maybe the you know, or they had First round pick, a very high first round pick, courtesy, I believe, of the, of Los Angeles, of the Los Angeles Rams, involving that Jared Goff and trades, you know, all the draft picks for Matthew Stranford. So, again, more than likely, Detroit could use that to bulk up the defensive side of the ball, which the, the defense is still 
still it's still in horrible shape. It's something that still needs to be worked on. But offensively, I mean, Jared Goff has played has played exceptional this year. The offensive line, the offensive line doesn't get the credit where it's deserved. I guess it, it doesn't. Detroit has a pretty pretty decent offensive line. You don't really hear much about it. They don't get a lot of press, but it's a decent offensive line. Uh, DeAndre Swift, the last couple of games, it seems like he has started to round back into form. Uh, DeAndre Swift, if he stays healthy, can stay healthy for a full seventeen games. Is a is a is a threat. But again, injuries have been DeAndre Swift's problem since he's entered this league. Uh, you know, uh, Jamal Williams has done, a, has done an outstanding job this year. He has 13 rushing touchdowns, but all of a sudden he's kind of gone quiet the last few weeks. And again, if I'm Detroit, I need to get him and Swift equal amount of carries, get him back in the yeah, get him more involved. As far as the as far as the receivers, I mean Brown has been a has been a beast in the Arizona League from Southern Cal, continues to play extremely well. Uh, finally, there has been James Jamison Williams. First round draft pick from the University of Alabama has finally started to see the field. Again, I'm interested. I don't inter- I'm interested to see how he will be moving forward. Maybe not so much this season, but I'm interested to see what young man can do in 2023. You still got DJ Chalk from uh, you got from Jacksonville. Again, you know, again, the team is the team's offense is not that bad. The offense has played well. The defense that's been that's been a, a different that's been a different subject. For a different matter, I guess. The Detroit, what kills the Detroit Lions is that, is that defense. I mean, to me, the defense, you can probably put 40 points with the defense. That means you're talking company. you got to put 41 on the point, which is never a good sign for any defense, whether you're the Detroit Lions or any defense in this league. Again, that's a problem. And if, if Detroit is going to, let's say, somehow – peek their head into the playoff door. Well, defense has got to be worked on. Now, Jared Goff does have playoff experience under his belt, being with the Rams, and he's been to a Super Bowl. So, I give Jared that much. He has the playoff experience. But, of course, a lot of that old teammates don't have playoff experience. Now, Jamel Williams has playoff experience being with the Green Bay Packers. He can bring that to the He brings that to the table. So, Goff and Williams are key. Two gentlemen that have playoff experience. If Detroit can somehow, some way, some shape, or something, they'll get in there. But like I said, Dallas certainly has a spot locked up. Uh, the Giants, I think, are the Giants right now have a little bit of a higher ranking than the Detroit Lions. Um, the Washington Commanders right now have a slim edge, maybe a slim edge for Detroit as a, in a wild card spot. But Detroit is still sitting there, and again, it it, it, it certainly is. It's a testament to what Brad Holmes and what Dan Campbell have done done for this organization or for this team. Because Detroit has been a laughing stock for many, many years. But it's hard to fan the Detroit Lions in the playoffs. It's kind of hard to fan them. But there is a slim possibility, a chance. And for the Detroit Lions faithful, it, you, you can look up. If they don't, let's say, I mean, for the sake of argument, if they do not make the playoffs this year, there is hope moving into next year. If Jared Goff continues to build on what he's done this year, if the offensive line remains, stays healthy, if you can kind of get, if your Dodger Swift can stay healthy for a whole 17 games, and you got, yeah, and Javel Williams can get another 13 or 14 rushing touchdowns this year, you've got something on the running game to work with. Now, as far as, I mean, the receiving core, 
I like brown. I like wings that are one eight inch moving forward for the next several years. You still got DJ Veteran. Josh Reynolds is still on the team. Another veteran. I think the biggest thing is I like to see him go out and get a tight end. Maybe spend a little bit of money. I'm not saying you go berserk, get a tight end. Maybe a a David Schultz, who is a free agent from the Dallas Cowboys. Go invest in David Schultz. If you want to, invest in David Schultz, bring him in. Give Jerry Goff a safety valve, another weapon to move forward with. Then again, for Detroit, like I said, defense is going to be a huge, huge issue. The secondary. The secondary gets burned entirely too much. It needs to be worked on. That defense, I don't know how much. It, it's hard. Do you overhaul that defense? The offense is played well. But the defense, how much do you overhaul that defense? Hutchinson has had, has had a fairly good rookie year. Again, and he's a, a nice little building block, you know, for the future on defense. But how, again, you got to sit down, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell in the offseason. They got to butt heads. They've got to say, hey, we need to do something with defense. Whether you bring in a free agent, maybe you get a free agent or two. I'm not saying anything if we need to open up the wallet and dole out a lot of money. But the thing is, maybe look at the free agency. As far as the, you know, as far as the draft goes, add another pass rusher, get some help in the secondary, get another cornerback, get a hard-hitting safety. You know, it's, yeah, make that defense a little bit better. But again, for what they've done, I mean, it's hard to believe at this time of the year we're talking about Detroit Lions and playoffs. A lot of Detroit Lions faithful will probably say this would be a number one or two win team again this year, but no, the Detroit Lions has certainly surprised the NFL. So have the Jets, so have the Giants. And that's, that's, a, that's a testament to the organizations, testament to the, uh, to the general managers and the head coaches for doing the outstanding, outstanding jobs. I mean, you have to admit it. It wasn't that long ago that Zach Taylor was one of the worst coaches in the NFL. And all of a sudden takes the team from here couple years later, they're in the Super Bowl, and now they've got a 10-win season under their, under their belt. So, I mean, guys, I mean, so it, it can be, in this league, it can be done. Another, another team that's easy to look at, what about the Jacksonville Jaguars? And the job they've done, the job they've done, the job that Doug Peterson's done. Trevor Lawrence was a complete wreck his rookie year. The last six games, Trevor Lawrence looked like a guy that I believe he could have been when they drafted Adam Clemson. Again, that's kind of like showing the coaching expertise of Doug Peterson as he was a former quarterback himself in this league. And you got to remember the point in time, Doug Peterson actually backed up one Brett Favre. And Doug has floated himself around the, floated himself around the, the league as a quarterback. So he knows how to coach a quarterback. I mean, he's done a pretty decent job with Carson Wentz. He got Nick Foles. I mean, he coached Nick Foles and they won the Super Bowl. So Doug, I mean, so if Doug continues to continues to stay on for a few more years, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the team in the AFC South to look out for. So as far as an organization goes, organization like the Detroit Lions, like Jacksonville, like the Giants, like the Jets, it's great for football. And I know some people say, well, you don't want to hear the same old teams. You don't want to hear, you don't want to hear the, the Dallas Cowboys or the Green Bay Packers or the 49ers or the Rams. You know, some of these teams you hear year in and year out. This is great for the NFL. It's new blood. It's different faces. Again, that's what you want. 
again, I'm not your football fan of some of these teams. You want your team to be in playoff year in and year out. I don't blame you. You would want that, and you would expect that. But again, there are some teams that, you know, there are some teams that are kind of falling by the wayside, and some people want their coaches to get fired at, you know, fired in the offseason. There's going to be some, there's going to be some um, changes, certainly. Um, the Panthers, they might have a new coach by, you know, by next season. Again, there's there's so much so much out there. I mean, we don't know about the Atlanta Falcons. Will Auburn Smith get a chance to tank from the Atlanta Falcons? Will Dennis Allen hang around with the New York with the New, with the uh, Saints? I mean, there's even rumors running around that even Sean Payton could go back to the Saints after a year off. Again, that's a rumor. And like I said, rumors are what they are. Rumors. Will the Detroit Lions playoffs? You never know. And if they can somehow, some way, some shape, and form get in the playoffs, who knows? Detroit Lions could be, it wouldn't shock me at all if Detroit, I don't think Detroit will get to the Super Bowl, but if they got to the playoffs, they could maybe upset at least somebody in the first round. They have the capability of doing that, but the biggest thing with them is what's stopping them is their defense. That's what's stopping them from being, maybe, from being a team that could compete, at least in their own division. I mean, Chicago, Chicago signs a ways to go. Green Bay, some feel like Green Bay is on the, on the downside. Especially with uh, 39 year old Aaron Rodgers and the way he's played this year. Some feel like, man, like maybe we, maybe it's time for the Jordan Love era to start. But again, we counted Aaron Rodgers out before, and he, he, he wins back to back MVPs. So, take that for what that's worth. But for Detroit Lions, I mean, I encourage you to look at the center division, look at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, they've had a good year. There have been a couple of games that got blown out in, especially one by the Dallas Cowboys. And you have to say, is that, that, but again, Minnesota had the same problem. Detroit Lions had the defense. You know, Kirk Cousins had, you know, Kirk Cousins had a pretty decent year. Again, another guy, Kevin O'Connell, first year coach. He should get some coach, coach of the year recognition as well. Again, the Kurt's played well. The offensive line has has, has played better. Has has starting to come in, you know, starting to round round into form. You still got Dalvin Cook. You got the best receiver in football, Justin Jefferson, around. You still got the Richard Allen. He's not good. KJ Hamler. KJ played well this past this past week. He's a weapon that has not been utilized that much. You got Hawkerson. You got Hawkerson for a reason. My advice to Minnesota: use Hawkerson more. I mean, everybody in the league is going, is going, is going to want to double team, triple team, you know, Justin Jefferson. I know you need to Justin Jefferson the football, but if I'm, but if I'm, but if I'm the Minnesota Vikings and I'm Kurt O'Connell, let's um, yeah, let's let's spread the ball, ball out a little more. I know you need Justin the ball, but let's get Adam Thielen more opportunities. Get that, you know, get T.J. Hawkinson more opportunities. Let KJ get the ball more opportunities. Let's get some other receivers. Let's get these guys, other guys involved more. I know you want Justin to catch 15 balls for 250 yards, but the thing is, cut that production down, Justin. Get these other, get these other guys the ball. Heck, let Dal- Dalvin Cook catch a ball out of the backfield. Matter of fact, I think he had one get up. Yeah, I think he had 80 some receiving yards this past week, right? But again, Minnesota has one problem. Detroit has their defense, and that's what's going to hurt. That's going to hurt Minnesota moving forward in the playoffs. And if they run up against the team, if they run up against Dallas, 
maybe even married gals could be more than one. They were only in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's real pounding. Going in for Detroit, playoffs. Who'd have thought, yeah, who'd have thought Detroit in playoffs? Again, it's a possibility. It's not etched in stone, but they're an outside looking in. And it is at this time, in this time, this is a good thing for Detroit Lions. Maybe, you know, maybe in the Motor City, things are going to finally look up for, for the most for the Detroit Lions. Playoffs? It's possible. But again, there's got to be some things done here, you know. Maybe a few things here and a few things there got to be done. But for Detroit and for the Detroit faithful, things, things are certainly looking up for the Motor City. Now, let's talk about now. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys for a second now. It wasn't that long ago that uh, they barely got out. They barely, you know, they barely snuck out a win over the Houston Texans. Now, granted, I give the Houston Texans this much credit. They gave the Kansas City Chiefs some fits, and then Kansas City had to pull away late in the game. Uh, the, now, Dallas didn't look too good against Houston, and they did pull it off. Now, this past week, they lost to Jacksonville. And the bad part about it is, was that the Dallas Cowboys defense gave up 40 points to Trevor Lawrence. And, yeah, and, yeah, to me, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence gave up 40 points. Now, to me, the part, the problem is, is it, is it, is it a sign for things to come? Now, I think as far as Dallas defense goes, I like, I, I want to chalk it up as just a bad week defensively. Because to me, Dallas has one of the better defenses in the league. Now, for fantasy football fans, going into that going into that game, they were the number one ranked defense in football. That's what that's according to you know how fantasy how fantasy football scores it. They had the number one ranked defense in football, and then Trevor Lawrence, who we had, we said earlier, has played well in the last six weeks. But now it's like yeah, but now. Dallas is, is like maybe Dallas is getting committed. Dallas's team is starting to show some cracks in it. Now, of course, Dallas, they were the everybody thought that Odell Beckham was going to Dallas, but Jerry Jones has, has decided that um that he needs to see more from Odell. He wasn't really sure if Odell was completely hundred percent healthy and he wasn't really sure about bringing Odell in in time for a playoff. Now, maybe Jerry pursues Odell. In 2023, which I think a lot of teams will do that. I think people's, I think a lot of teams are just gonna just tell Odell take the year off, come back in 2023. We'll talk to you then. They went out to the point they got Ty Hilton, who's been sitting on the sidelines all year long. They brought in Ty. Uh, there were some good reports that Ty that he was not activated this past week, but there have been good reports coming out of Dallas that Ty has picked up on things. Rather quickly, he looked well in hand. He looked well in practices, and who knows, T.Y. could finally could get activated against the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, this week. But there, there are there are times during the season where you start showing cracks. Now, defensively, I like to say I like to chalk up. I like to chalk it up to the point where, you know. That it was just you know that Dallas's defense had had just had a bad week. It was still a pretty, still a pretty top-notch defense in this league. 
The concern for me is, I'm not only concerned about the defensive side of the ball, the offense to me becomes a little bit of a concern. Now, the biggest concern for me comes to me is, of course, they've had some injuries on the offensive line. Uh, Steele, who is out for the year, he, um, he got hurt. He is out for the year. So, again, he is a, he is a starting right tackle. So that's a huge concern. But with anything on the offensive line, it's a concern. And that could be a concern moving forward. But, again, again, Dallas does have a little bit of depth on the offensive line. But, again, any any injuries to any any member of the offensive line is a, is a concern to me. Okay. Now, Elliott and Pollard, they've been a nice little one-two punch. You know, C.D. CD Lamb has had a pretty decent year. But the bad part is there's always been an inconsistency with the number two spot. As far as receivers, Michael Gallup has gotten back from the ACL injury. But when Michael Gallup had one good game, I think where he had two touchdowns, you know, you're not wrong, you're not wrong with that one. But the number two spot has been a sore spot. Tight end is still, I mean, tight end, Dalton Schultz is there. The tight ends have not played fairly bad at all for Detroit. I mean, excuse me, Dallas. But the biggest problem with, and I hate to say it, is the guy that I've tried to defend as much as I can, that's Dak Prescott. Dak has been, Dak, to me, Dak seems to be the problem on this. Dak make, is, is throwing too many receptions, making too many mistakes. And for Dallas to to advance forward, it's not so much the defense. It's Dak needs to, needs to, yeah, needs to correct his mistakes, stop making key interceptions. Because that seems to be Dak's problem. Now, you can blame it on, you can blame it on the offensive line at times. You can blame it on, he doesn't have a, a consistent number two receiver, if you want to blame it on that. But the problem is, Dak, again, a lot, again, if you're making $40 million a year, you can't make that many mistakes, and Dak's been making that many mistakes. And experts, you know, NFL experts have come out and blasted Dak. You know, Steve A. Smith, he, he hates Dallas anyway. And this just gives a guy like Stephen A. Smith, a lot of the Dallas, Cow- Dallas Cowboys haters out there, more fuel to the fire. And again, and I'm sure there's people, probably, probably I'm sure on Dallas radio stations or, you know, a, a Dallas Cowboy fans say that maybe we need to get Cooper Rush back in there. I'm not, you know, to me, I don't think that's the, that most likely that's not the answer. Dak is still a better quarterback than Cooper Rush. But for Dallas, for Dallas, there's no concern defensively or for defense for Jackson. Jackson does have a pretty decent offense. It's not a juggernaut of an offense, but it's been a decent offense. It's had moments. And Trevor Lawrence, the last six games, like we said, he has gotten better. But I think the Dallas defense, I want to chalk it up as just a bad game in general. It's the offense. And that it's the offense, especially Dak Prescott, is the concern. It's the concern. Now, I, I think as far as the offense goes, I mean, it, to me, for me to do that, you have to look, you have to run the offense through Zeke and Tony Pollard. You got that one-two, you got that one-two punch. Keep trying, keep feeding those two ball. Yeah, to me, that's the best way for Dallas to keep, you know, to move forward is to feed them the ball. Let them become the number one option. Let Dak be the one-two option. That's the same thing I told the Green Bay Packers. Feed A.J. Dillon. Feed Aaron Jones the ball. Let Aaron, J- Aaron Rodgers, as crazy as something, he'd be number two option. This is the same thing. Let Zeke, let Hodges be the one option. Let Dak be number two. And to be honest with you, Michael Gallup, 
being stuck on his game, he takes some pressure off the CEO. He needs to step up. Now, Noah Brown, and Noah Brown had a good game this past week, two touchdowns. At least it's a step in the right direction. Now, I don't know if T.Y. Hilton's going to come in, but T.Y. Hilton is not the T.Y. Hilton he was when Andrew Luck was throwing the football. He's not that same guy. Now, whether Odell or Penis or he can't have been any different, I don't know. It's not the defense. Consider the defense, which, like I said, they gave up 40 points to Jacksonville. Consider that an anomaly. They are better than that. Now, it would put the LP book to test on Saturday. they got to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, granted, there's no Jaden Hurts as a guard mention, but you still got Miles Sanders. You got to stop. You still got to stop. AJ Brown. You still got to stop the Marcus Smith. The returning Dallas Connor. You still got to stop them. And you have to put pressure on a pretty decent offensive line in the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, certainly, now, certainly, if Dallas figures out a way to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, then the Philadelphia Eagles are fans. Well, we had Jalen Hurts in there. Yeah, you yeah, would have lost. But again, Grant's guard Minshew is in there. And Minshew has had his moments when he's played. You know, very big games in this league in the NFL. You gotta remember he started the football team. He started with the Jackson Jaguars. So Gardner's got some experience. Now, the question the Alice is gonna have to step in their game this week. They're gonna have to put they're gonna have to put Philadelphia Eagles on notice. They're gonna have to put pressure on the defense. They're gonna have to block, they're gonna have to embrace the 40 points of New York to Jacksonville out of their minds. They're gonna have to figure out a way to put pressure on guard mention. They're gonna figure out a way to do that. Can we do that? Yes, they have to keep going and doing that. And Diggs, you got to keep Diggs on, on AJ Brown all game long. Again, the problem with either of that is someone else is going to step up and stop Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. Yeah. Diggs, you put Diggs on AJ Brown, you have to find some other way to stop Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard. Yeah. And the Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia, it can be Philadelphia still has it. Question mark as far as running the football. Now, far, I think Dak, yeah, they can put pressure on Dak. And they can certainly, they can certainly, they can certainly pick off, they can get a couple picks on Dak, certainly. But I think the thing with the Philadelphia Eagles is, is moving forward in that game coming Saturday on Christmas Eve. The thing is, like I said, Philadelphia, you can run the ball in Philadelphia. Teams have done it. That's the best way to do it. It's Kinsey, Pete Pollard, you know, feed them both to Philadelphia. Let's see if Philadelphia can make some improvement on that defensive, on that defensive line. Because if they can, I can feed Zeke, I can feed Pollard, I can feed them all day long. I know they have designed plays where CBM makes makes plays out of the backfield. But the thing is, for Dallas, the defense, the defense is still in the Upset and beat Philadelphia, and to me, some people even get an upset with some experts. Beat Z, beat Pollard, feed them as much as you can. And then, you know, let Dak, let, 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 let 
that be your second option. But for Dallas, for Dallas Cowboy fans, they did barely beat the Texans, then again the Texans here lately even gave Kansas City Chiefs fits last week. But moving forward, is it a concern? The defense, I'm not too, too concerned about. I think the defense will continue, you know, will continue to, I think the 40 points going to Jacksonville. I think that's going to be chocolate at the end of the game. But the offense, to me, that's where the concern comes in. And for Dak, Dak is throwing too many interceptions, too many talent interceptions, making too many mistakes. And that's, that's a problem for me moving forward. To me, rely on Zeke, rely on Pollard. Take pressure off the back. And somebody else has got to step up as a number two star. See if you can't get all by himself. And I think that's what Dallas needs to do. Run game. And find a second and find a second option for Dak. And Dak needs to cut back on his mistakes. Now, this is where you seem to be talking the playoff festivities. You know, we're in the playoff mood. Let's talk. Let's, let's go to the AFC and let's talk about one team that, um, that right now has an outside shot of making the playoffs, and that is the New England Patriots. Now, it's kind of interesting because uh, Bill, to be honest, I think now the Patriots, I believe, are like 500 right now, and they still have a shot at making the playoffs. Now, granted, you got the Buffalo Bills, and you got the Miami Dolphins, and you got the Jets. To me, yeah, to me, the Buffalo Bills, maybe, and the Patriots, excuse me, maybe the worst team that can make a vision. That's crazy that sound. But they have an outside shot of still making the play of making the playoffs. The AFC has been a very competitive division this year. I mean, they, anybody in the AFC East has a shot. I mean, the Ravens still got a shot. The Bengals have a shot. Now, the Tennessee Titans, they're 7-7. Seven seven. They are struggling. And Tennessee Titans, they got some bad news today. Ryan Tannehill, their starting quarterback, will be missing the rest of the season. That's a, that's a, that's a huge loss. But then again, you got the Chiefs, the Chargers now battling for a wild card spot. Those are teams battling. Those are teams that battle really well for wild card spots. And even the Patriots even have a chance. Now, for Bill Belichick, I can say this this much: he certainly has the ups and has the downs this year. And certainly, everybody certainly we, we've discussed about the offense, the offense, and having Matt Patricia be the uh, offensive coordinator again. The offense has not been the biggest, has not been a juggernaut, to say the least. I mean, we all know that Mac Jones was starting quarterback, got injured, lost his job to Bailey Zappi, then Zappi lost his job back to Mac Jones. Now, again, the running the running game has been a has been a strong suit for the flu. Stevenson has certainly come into his own this year. Last year with Damian Harris, he had an opportunity. Last year, he came to his own last year. Damien had a lot of injuries this year. Steven stepped up his game, and he seems to be running back for the future. But again, there's been what? Young rookie Kenny Harris has looked well in a couple of games. Peter Strong, the believe coach from South Dakota State, I believe, he has looked decent. He has looked decent. The one thing about the Patriots, they always seem to find that knack. They seem to find that running back that can plug into their system and seem to do fairly well. There have been many running backs that have come through, have come through there. There are some guys that they've taken chances on, and they've done fairly well. 
So the run, the run game for the Patriots has not been there, has been strong since that has been the issue as far as as far as the offense side of the ball goes. The running game for me hasn't been the issue. Now Mac Jones, he's had some ups, he's had some downs this year. In some some in some ways you can say he has regressed a little bit. And he has. He has regressed a little bit this year. But Mac Jones right now gives him the best chance. If there's any possibility of making the playoffs, he still gives him the best chance, in my bad example. Now, we can talk about the we can talk about the, the seven receivers all we want. Again, I've always felt that the Patriots made mistakes. Number one, did not did not get the ball to Devontae Parker enough this year. Now, you got him from the rival Miami Dolphins. And to me, he was a guy to me that could have that could have helped. Now, I don't think Devontae Parker would have been the Justin Jefferson or the Cooper Cup of your team. But the point being is you would have been yeah, you should have fed him the ball. He would have been your number one, hands down, no questions asked. Now, Jacoby Myers, he's had a decent year. He's had a couple of injuries here and there, but he's had a decent year. But again, after that, you know, there's the other receivers, Nelson Aguilar, he hasn't done much. Kendrick Bourne has fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Now, Hunter Henry's had some games, and I've, and I've said in a recent podcast, at least a recent podcast, recent episode, Several episodes ago, that he was a guy that you need to get involved more. You signed this guy as a free agent a couple of years ago. You need to get him more involved in the game. At one point in time, they started to do so. Well, again, I'm going to say the same thing again. Get him more involved. You signed this guy two years ago. There was even Jahamu Smith sightings this past week. Again, you brought him in and you, and you, and you signed Smith at the same time because you wanted that, you wanted that Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez vibe on your team. You thought that was the answer. Well, to me, if that's going to be your answer, then Belichick and Patricia need to get their heads together and put these two in there and use those guys as much as you can. And for Devontae Parker, get the man more involved in the game. Because Devontae, to me, my thing is, if you let out and you sign him, you need to get him more involved. Now, there's a young man who had some injuries in the early part of the season. But he's now started to play, and that's Thornton. Now I saw Thornton. He was coming from. He was a draft pick from the University of Baylor. I like. I like to see a, a, a little bit more of him. Get him more involved in the game. He's supposed to be the possible deep threat down the road. I like to see the deep threat right right now. Use it. Now people have questioned the Matt Patricia thing all year long, and to me that's going to be still. A question mark here until probably doomsday as to you know, as to you know why was Matt Patricia was the offensive coordinator this year. To me, I don't really. To me, that's an understandable. It's a questionable that I don't understand. I know that Josh Anderson's left. He's gone off to you know, to coach the Raiders now. I get that, but to me, Patricia was not the answer, and to me, I still don't think he's the answer. Now, defensively, the Patriots always seem to somehow have a fairly quality defense pretty much year in, year out. But again, they've had a decent defense this year. Now, it seems to have gotten lit up by some people, and it has. But, there's times the defense has stepped up its game, and it has carried the offense. But now, I think this is time now where the offense needs to step up and help the defense out. If there's going to be any chance whatsoever for the Patriots to make the playoffs. Now, a lot of people seem to forget the Patriots did make the playoffs last year. Now, granted, Buffalo Bills kind of blew them, kind of blew them out, but they did make the playoffs, and they made the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. So, I 
give Belichick credit due. Now, granted, you had Joshua Daniels as your offensive coordinator last year. But again, the biggest issue with the Patriots was going to be the offense. Now, defensively, Belichick can come up with a, good, with a game plan to somehow stymie some defense and some offenses. He can still do that. He has a capability of still doing that, being able to do that. But the point is, it's like the offense is going to be the doing the Patriots Achilles heel. Yeah. Now again, the best thing they can do is just like use, use the running game, rely on Stevenson. Yeah, he's going to get Stevenson the ball 20 times a game, but he'll carry the ball 15, 15 times a game and catch maybe five or six passes. Go do it. Get feed in the ball more. Harris, this, you know, this, this Kevin Harris and, yeah, and Strong, they seem to come along. Yeah, feed them the ball some more. Rely on the running game. The running game seems to be working. It looked pretty well this past week. Use it. Use it as much as you can, as much as possible to take the pressure off of a, of a Mac Jones. And not run this guy. Get Devontae Parker more involved. Yeah. I like to see I like to see you stretch the field. Use Thornton a little bit more. I like to see you get Hunter. Get John Hunter Smith. If you signed these guys two years ago to a good contract, put them out there. Use them more. Yeah, Matt Patricia's got to figure out a way to use them more. And to me, I have to wonder now, if the Patriots do not make the playoffs in 2023, does, does Bill do or Matt Patricia and bring in a offensive coordinator? Now, it gets interesting if Bill Belichick is willing to do that come next season. Now, granted, Matt Jones, I'm sure he will return. Bailey Zappi will still be probably the number two quarterback next year. Now, offensive line. The offensive line has had some ups and downs, but on a whole, it's been it's hasn't been that bad. The running game, you still have Stevenson. Kevin Harris can come back. Strong can come back. Now I think Damian Harris. Maybe Damian Harris moves on to another team. That's a possibility. What do you do with Devontae Parker? Yeah. Myers. Maybe Myers comes back. But are you gonna play go blow up the receiver room again? Do you yeah, do you get rid of maybe John U. Smith and keep Hunter Henry around. Again, I think moving forward is the Patriots might end up blowing up the offense. Maybe not the quarterback spot, maybe not the running back spot, but the way it is, it could blow up the receiver and they just blow the receiver core all over again. Because I got a feeling that's probably what's going to happen again. They're going to blow it up again. But what stands the Patriots really on making the playoffs? Well, they're not catching Buffalo. They're not going to catch Miami. The Jets, yeah, they still have a possibility. They still have a chance to. Uh, Make the Jets' life miserable. Absolutely. The Ravens. The Ravens struggled the last, have struggled the last couple of weeks. The loss of Lamar Jackson has been vital to this to this team. Now, the good news for the Ravens is the running game, especially J.K. Dobbins, seems to have has, has, has picked up traction. And J.K. Dobbins has played well the last couple of weeks. And to me, when J.K. is 100%, he's completely healthy. He's a very capable running back in this league. Without a doubt. But the Ravens, again, as far as offense right now, you got what Denard Robinson, you got Robinson, Denard Robinson, I believe, is your number one receiver now because of injuries to your receiving core. Robinson can go the way all the way, former Kansas City Chief receiver. Now, I mean, now he's become the, he's become the number one weapon, it seems like all of a sudden. He got so bad, they looked like he had to pull out Deshaun Jackson and bring him back in. 
and that's where the problem that is where your that is where your problem lies. As simply as the offense, the defense has made some strides this year, but it's still not the same authority and defense as it was in the past. Again, there's a team. That's a team that you yeah, again. On a good day, the Patriots might be able to beat the Ravens on a good day. The Titans, they might be able to beat the Titans on a good day. With no Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Malik Willis. But again, this, the, yeah, they're the Patriots in the playoffs. Now granted, I mean, I think I know the Colts are gonna have a chance, but I think now people started getting Jackson on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jag Jaguars and the Jets. Have a game tonight on Amazon Prime. If you have Amazon Prime, as crazy as it sounds, it'd be a very interesting game to go look at. I know I didn't think you would say that one part. Jacksonville Jets is an interesting ball game. Well, it gets interesting. The Jets have a playoff spot. Heck, Jacksonville has got their head on the, they're on the outside looking in. But again, if the Patriots decide to the playoffs, I think the Patriots could find could, could probably might have a shot at beating the Titans. Now, I don't think they can hang with the Chiefs. The Chargers, for the Chargers, you never know. They might have a chance to beat the Chargers. I think they got a chance to beat the Chargers. I don't think they can beat the Chiefs. I don't think I, we'll find out how they hang because they play the Bengals this week. I'm interested to see how that game goes between them and the Bengals. And the Patriots, you know, the Patriots, it's pretty sounds defensively. They might be able to hang with some teams. But the offense, they all, it's got all, it all relies on that Pat Patricia. And to me, it's going to be all on Matt Patricia. Now, Matt Patricia, he's got the the offense is going to have to have a spark somewhere. And to me, this is what's going to hold the Patriots back if they somehow make the playoffs. If that's not guaranteed, but to me, the offense is going to be the key. And to me, the offense is not sustainable. And if and if the experts can tell you that. It's not sustainable. The team can do this. But overall, again, I think the same thing. We talked about the Cowboys, the Patriots. They run the football. Take the pressure off them. For, any, for, for, the, for the Patriots to have any chance whatsoever. Or what's that expression? Of snow, uh, what is that expression? Of snowball's chance in hell? I believe that's what, that's what the expression is. Then, bottom line is, the defense, defense is still a pretty decent defense in this league. But the bottom line is, Patricia's going to have to step up his game. He's got to, he's going to have to come up, start coming with some major game. He's got to start using Runyon a lot more. Use Devontae Parker. Use Henry and John Smith. You got him a couple years ago. They were a big free agent signing. Put him to use. Those who don't, they're not going to make the playoffs. They're going to go home early. And then I'm sure people are going to wonder, well, Matt Patricia might not be the only one out of a job coming next year. And who would have thought that Bill Belichick could be on the outside yeah, looking in maybe for a new job? Now, one of the last subjects I'll bring up is um, it's something you're recent about. Injuries about, I guess, faking injuries. Now, I think the last the last few years since they you hear about you know hear about where offense you know offense gets on a roll and they're doing a hurry up offense and they're tiring they're tiring out a, um, a 
defense. So the defense knows that they're running on running on, on empty and they fake an injury. Now recently this came to light, I think it was the Saints, it was the Saints and the Buccaneers and Cam Jordan has been in this league for many, many years now. A top notch one of a top notch defensive player for the New Orleans Saints. Now it was coming up that uh, it was coming. He was fined. He was fined because of uh, because he was faking injury. I think Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady were in a hurry of offense type of mode, and and I think Cam. I think Cam had gotten up, and I believe I believe it was a foot injury or something like that. He hurt his foot, and the word was that he looked toward the sidelines and kind of dro- dropped down, and. The way it looked, and I did not see the game. I had not seen any tape of this game or YouTube it or whatever the case might be. I don't recall seeing anything whatsoever of that where he looked towards the sidelines. And and I guess he dropped to the ground to slow Tom Brady down. Now, Cam has come out and said that he is, he is BS on the, on the NFL's part. And he believes that, yeah, that he did have a foot injury. Now, of course, I think he has been on – he has been – after that, he was on the report, injury reports, you know, throughout the week because of the foot injury. Now, I think he did, he did end up playing, but the following week, but he was on the injury report, you know, for um, for a foot, you know, for a foot injury, you know. And I think that the the NFL, I believe, they want to crack crack down on this now. I can't like I said can now. Like I said, I didn't see any film. And I can't really sit back and say that. I can't really sit back and say that. Yeah, I can't say that Cam did it on purpose because I didn't see any film. But Cam has been a respectable man in this league for many, many years. Now, it would come off as suspicious if you have a player, whether you're Cam Jordan or any player in this league, you look toward the sideline and you call some foot. It comes off suspicious. Now, to me, Cam is intelligent, intelligent enough man to figure that that's going to sound suspicious. Now, granted, in the next day, his statement is backed up because he was on injuries. He was he was uh, on injury report all week because of that foot injury. So, to me, Cam has a pretty good point. Now, now, again, again, like I said, that kind of backs up Cam's statement. If he had a foot injury all week, you know, if he's on injury report all week because of that foot, it kind of backs up Cam's statement. That you know, hey, I didn't really have a foot. I didn't like fake it. But of course, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and NFL officials, and you know, they didn't they didn't feel that was the case. Now, teams have been doing this. Whether it's, I mean, even college football does this, where they will somehow fake an injury because they want to slow. And I'm sure the NFL, I'm sure I'm sure college football probably wants to crack down on it. They may start like penalizing teams, putting out more fines, or whatever the case, whatever the case case may be. Now, it becomes a um, okay. It becomes a little bit a catch as catch can, if you will, because to me, if somebody fakes an injury, then how do you know that person's not really hurt? Now, granted, I think if the official will say, "Well, if he's gonna fake an injury, he needs to get off. He needs to get off the field quickly, or he needs to get off the field quickly, or you know." Or the coaches staff needs to come out, the trainers need to come out there, get him off the field, and let's go. You know, because you know, you know how injuries are nowadays. Of course, with the concussions and you know, people you know still have concussion issues and torn ACL injuries and stuff like that. 
Yeah. It comes into question is how much do you want to rush that person that's better off with you? It could be worse than what it is. Um, I believe it was a, and I believe it was the one. It was one thing where the officials got caught. I believe it was. It might have been Devontae Parker. I think they got hit in the Patriot game recently, and it was yeah, and he got hit pretty good. And he he got up and he started wobbling, and the official didn't even see this, but Jacoby Myers saw this. He had to get the officials to say, "Hey, we need to get this guy off." off the field because he's wobbly and the officials did not see that and again now something like that becomes a more of a concern to me than what yeah what supposedly Cam Jordan did that to me is more of a concern right there the officials didn't see a guy get up and wobbling and it took a guy's teammate to say hey we need to get him off the field and get him off the field now to me that's more of a concern than what Cam's faking injury but again Again, you know, I can't, you know, again, I can't speculate. I can't, I'm not, you know, I'm not in the, in the New Orleans Saints, you know, mindset. I'm not in Cam Jordan's head. So I can't really sit back and say that Cam faked the injury to slow Tom Brady down or not. I can't really sit back and say that. That's pure speculation on, certainly on the average fan. Um, I'm sure Tampa Bay felt that, that was, they were, yeah, that he faked the injury to slow it down. The Saints are saying, well, no, we didn't. He had a legitimate injury. And again, you know, Cam's gone out there and he's been PO'd at the NFL, basically, for saying that he affected the injury. Um, you know, Cam is not Cam is not the type of guy that uh, would do something. I would not think do something like that. Cam Jordan, again, has a pretty has a pretty solid reputation in this league. He's been in the league for a long, long time. It, you know, so, but again, some people could say that's a veteran move to do something like that. You can make that argument, and you can. You can make that argument, but again, the only thing I can say about Cam is this: he had a foot injury, and then it was he had a foot. He was on the injury report all week because of that foot. So, to me, Cam has a very you know valid argument to the point where if it well if I was faking my injury, then then why I'm on the injury? Well, then I'm on the injury list all week because of my foot. You know, again, that's a valid point. But then again, somebody said, well, maybe the uh, Saints were, were, were faking injury reports. Now, if that's the case, then I'm sure the Saints could get tired of that. <laughs> I mean, you got to remember, at one point in time, wasn't the Saints, it was, well, it wasn't the Saints were putting a bounty on uh, Brett Favre's head when he was with the uh, Minnesota Vikings in that playoff game. Yeah, they got so, so much point that they fired the defensive coordinator, and I think what? Sean Payton had to serve a year suspension because of that, because of something like that. Now, I don't think, you know, I don't think anything is serious. But I think, I'm sure the NFL, and I'm sure they're going to take a long, long look at this. If they feel, and if, if they feel that a player is, you know, is faking the injury, then I'm sure they'll get fined. Now, I don't think they'll get suspended. I think that's a little, a little far-fetched. But he could get, he could get. You can get a large fine, and I think that's what they want to do to Jordan. I know Jordan's appealed it, and I don't know what has come down from it. But again, injuries have been faking injuries have been a big thing the last few years, whether it's college, you know, whether it's on the on the NFL level. But I'm sure that the NFL is going to start looking more into it, and they're going to crack down on it. And for anybody who wants to continue to do this, 
you know, but again, this is the part where everybody wants to see more offense, right? That's what the NFL's become, more offense, more offense, defense. It's got to take a backseat. Well, that's all I have time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Please take care of yourselves, and I will see you again real soon.